the artist has to be a dope artist first and foremost. If I like the song and I like the artist and like the lighting is good, the location is fire, the song is money, I literally feel myself come alive when I'm shooting and capturing those moments and everybody else in the room knows that this was fire. Welcome back to another episode of The Rough Cut Club. I am your host, Joey Nakotra, here with my co-host, the one, the only, Mr. Shane Reitzhammer. What's up, brother? How you doing? Man, great to be here. Excited to talk all things sets with you today. Careful, so, you got to really enunciate your words. Sets. Sets. We're talking sets. 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 Sets talk. <laughs> hey, maybe that's the title of the episode. Sets talk. Um, anyway, man, uh, dude, great to be here. We are going to be talking about uh, just the journey that we have had uh, navigating through different film sets in our career, some of the ups, some of the downs, some of the things that we've learned, and some of the things that can hopefully better prepare our listeners to when they get on those type of projects, things that they can be prepared for in advance. Would you almost even say set expectations? Set expectations. That is a nice little double entendre pun you made there, mm, sir. Mm, yeah, I like I, that. I think this is a great one because I think I've gotten, you know, like you probably got this question before, you know, maybe a filmmaker has never been on a feature film set yep. or a music video set. Sure. I remember my I remember my first of all those, right? Uh, even wedding film and you go, Oh, what do what do what do I wear? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I'm it's, it's, it's one of the questions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things to unpack for sure, and I think we'll dive into uh, a couple of different types of sets that we have been on in our past. Some of the things that we have learned, and then hopefully it can benefits one of our listeners uh, on their journey as they go to that set for the first time. And I have to say that the what, the, what do I wear question yeah. is probably the number one question I've gotten asked as a producer yeah. from like a new you know contractor coming in. Yeah. It's always like, what do I wear? You know, for, yeah. for a project, yeah. which is totally fair. It's a totally valid question. I still ask you that sometimes, bro. I'm Absolutely. like, hey, hey, help me look cool. What do yeah. I wear, Joey? <laughs> <laughs> Not what you were thinking you should wear. Anything else? You look good today. You look great. Oh, good. Pass the pass the test. Yeah. So, um, getting started, man. One of the benefits that I am—I'll put it this way: one of the things that I am very grateful for in my filmmaking career is the opportunity that I've had um, in my journey to be on a number of different types of film sets. So, whether that is you know commercial projects, corporate projects, music videos interiors, exteriors, studios, um, feature film sets, short film sets, wedding films, you, you, you know, event recaps, you pretty much name it at some point He's done in time. It all. I have done, you know, those type of projects. And so, and I think that you can say the same documentary, reality television, all of them. Um, and is there anything that I'm missing or left out? Not anything that we can say on podcast. <laughs> Family podcast, but yeah. Set talk. <laughs> Set talk. No, I think, I mean, you, you nailed it. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we've had, we've been blessed to be able to do a lot of different types of stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, you kind of find, you know, a lot of people find their niche and yeah. then they go after it and they focus on that. And so hopefully this episode, like we said before, kind of just shares like some of those expectations and some of the funny stories, maybe yeah. even uh, things that we learned um, what to do, what not to do, uh, and just what to expect on these sets. Yeah, yeah. man. So I got to ask you for, first yeah, off. kick it off. I mean, this is, I don't know, this is probably a hard question to answer, but what's your favorite type of set? So I would say that I have a couple of different favorites. I really love music videos, man. Mm. I love shooting them. Uh, you get to really create a world that doesn't have to make sense. Uh, that you don't oftentimes get a chance to do in the corporate or commercial setting. And it's just pure artistry painted onto a canvas. And I love that. Uh, go ahead. Mark. I was going to say, if they if you've tuned in and listened to any of the other podcasts, you listen to Art First Business, I think music video sets are like definitely like heavy art oh, sets, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. It is just a fun place because yeah. it's, it's uh, you, the, the client's usually an artist, right? Yep. Or even a label agency coming in. It's like art, 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 yeah. art explosion. Yeah. 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 And it's great because you get to push boundaries um, of your craft. You get to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And it's, 
you know, there is, yes, like we want to make this look beautiful and whatnot, but there's so much more artistry on the back end that I feel like I come alive when I get to experience that just makes music videos my favorite types of sets to be on. So one of the things that, um, you know, I love so much about music videos is the art side. But when you're going into it, um, you know, there's there's a couple of things that I would say that I have learned in my time there that may be useful. And, um, man, little thing, like just the experience that you get doing these. I think my very first music video, I forgot to bring a portable speaker to the, to the project. And it's mm. like one of those things that you prepare and you prepare and you prepare for. And then you're like, dude, I forgot the freaking speaker. Mm. Um, and I remember the very first time that I shot a music video, we pulled our phone out. And I had like them put their phone in their pocket and like had to lip sync it without actually being able to hear the track and they could barely hear the track. And it was just, it was a nightmare. And that's like, you know, super amateur. I was just getting started, but it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I'm talking about yeah, that's a gr- music yeah. videos now. I love that. What's one of the, uh, let's just dive right in yeah, the yeah, music yeah. videos first. I yeah. love this. What's what, uh, what are some of the challenges, uh, of a music video set that you've seen and, and, overcome that you could help prepare so right challenge number one bring a, a thing to play the uh the music loud right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Challenge definitely you want to be able be to prepared. sing the, the music and again that's super amateur uh but it's just kind of a funny story but man working with talent is a big one you know a lot of times in music videos if you are a dp director uh, i've done a lot of those projects um where i am directing as i am shooting which you know in the indie uh music video space you know a lot of you know, budget is always tight. I can't think of a, a music video that I've ever done where they had a surplus of budget that we didn't tap into. <laughs> I can't think of one. Uh, it's just music videos are not cheap. Uh, the people that need to make them, you know, are, are on the come up. And uh, I, I totally respect it and, and I feel for them. But just what it costs to actually be able to execute them is almost always a challenge. The ROI isn't there. Right. Right? The ROI. And so we always sometimes, preach that sometimes. the ROI isn't isn't easily achieved. It's a gamble. Let's it's a gamble. say that. Yeah, because it could it, pop or it could not. And it, yeah. it just depends. And it and it's so it's really hard for them to justify the expense. Right. right? And so it is usually like, hey, I need to scale this back, scale yeah. this back. Uh, and we, once they get to be, you know, Justin Bieber or whoever and they start racking up a billion views on a video, it it totally changes. But, you know, when you're maybe, you know, under 10K views and it's not actually pushing your career that much further forward, some music artists out there may be putting me down right now. But um, <laughs> I was know. just thinking, hey, Bieber, give us a call with an yeah. unlimited budget That's if you right. for That's this right. guy over here to create a really <laughs> yeah. cool music video for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that, that's a tough one. And so, you know, learning how to, um, you know, make lemonade from lemons Mm. in, in music videos. A lot of times, like I get somewhere and, um, there's just a lot of curveballs that hit you on a music video set that I feel like you don't run into in some of the commercial set experiences that I've had. They're just different curveballs that you're not prepared for. Like what, like what's some of the challenges on set? Or, or curb balls that you're talking about. One, I, I would say time, right? Like a lot of times yeah. you're up against the clock, budget small. So, you know, if I'm producing and I'm not even on set and I'm like, you know, or you've created a shot list, you're like, like we're working on a project right now right. where you're trying to, you want all these shots and you know you can't get all of them yep. because of the time. So that's definitely a challenge. What's a curb ball that might happen on set? Um, to be, to be, to be a hundred percent transparent. We don't, we don't do this anymore, but this is something that I experienced a lot on the come up, right? On my journey, I did a lot of music videos that were passion projects in the beginning where I just wanted to make really dope art for my friends. And I didn't really, you know, it wasn't like a professional set at this point. It was just the come up. Um, and we would go into places that we didn't have clearance or authorization to go in, right? And it was, you know, it's just the reality of it. We were coming up and it's like, oh, here's this uh, really cool property that we have to trespass on, but we may get like six minutes there and we'll get to run the, you know, the performance take twice and then get kicked out. Um, Or almost shot? Or almost shot. I've been almost shot 
tw- twice now. We'll get into that later. Yeah, that's another. That's another podcast. Yeah, another podcast. Um, but uh, you know, if you get kicked out of a place, right on the come up, it's a, it's it, it just happens a lot in the industry. People are like, hey, here's this beautiful free outdoor uh, location to shoot at. Let's ask for forgiveness instead of permission. And that was me growing up in my journey all the way. Insert abandoned building anywhere in Dallas. Yes. Um, Parking garages, tops of buildings. We did, uh, there was this one story. We were in LA and it's kind of a famous uh, LA music spot. It's like this pink and purple like tunnel and it's got lights like all throughout the uh, ceiling and the sides of the walls. And it's like, it was built for music videos and you're not allowed to shoot there, but people have shot there. We go up there. I fly up there. I got like one day to shoot and they want to shoot that spot. Security kicks us out. And we basically walked around this entire thing for two and a half hours to like find a moment when we could go and like bus back in to get the performance take and so we literally walked around for like three hours to get like less than five minutes of performance footage and like went in, nailed it. And the video is fire and we got it. But like, that's not something that you deal right. with on a commercial set or that you really even deal with once you cl- like climb to the production company level. Like you can't be risking those types of, oh, well, we may get the shot when we go out on our production shoot day. You know what I mean? So Yeah, that's a great one, man. That's that's awesome. What's uh, what is um, what is some of the preparation that you have to do for uh, a music video set? Yeah, like how would you prepare as a DP? Well, you know, concept concept is first. We got to have an idea. I want to listen to the song. We got to think of something clever and creative. Like, are we just doing a performance take? Uh, you know, piece. Then how can we make some really cool performance sets? Is it a story? Is it a narrative? You know what I mean? Well, let's flesh out a cool story with a cool hook at the end that ties into the message and meaning of the song, right? Um, so concept is first. And then, you know, I like to dream outside the box and color outside the lines and then see how many pieces I can pick up once budget is established. Um, and so if they only have X amount of budget and I've written, <laughs> you know, two X that for the film, well, how can I take all of the best pieces and turn it into something and then, you know, reverse engineer it. And so that's something that a lot of times I do with music videos that is a little bit different, but you know, I'll dream of a concept with a, with a song. Um, and then from there, it's like, how can I make as many pieces as I want come to life from, from what I got. And so that's awesome, man. I, yeah, I want to keep moving through the sets, but I got yeah, a couple yeah. more questions oh, yeah, yeah. on the music video. Yeah, so, yeah. so let's go. So I don't know how to best explain this other than like, what's the vibe or the feeling on a music video set compared to other sets? Like, oh, what, what is it like, man? So I, I'll say this, like the, just the energy in the room. Let me back up. The artist has to be a dope artist first and foremost. If I'm working with an artist that I don't rock with the song and I don't rock with the person, the energy is rough. If I like the song and I like the artist, like there have been moments in my career where I feel myself and like the lighting is good, the location is fire, the song is money. I literally feel myself come alive when I'm shooting and capturing those moments and I know that I'm making something special. Those are the moments when I'm like, dude, I am in the middle of an experience that I truly feel myself coming alive on and the energy's great, the music is there and everybody else in the room knows that this was fire, that it's the best. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I do feel like I've seen you come alive on those, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think uh, and if you go uh, follow Joey on Instagram, a uh, little shout out here, but I've seen some of your BTS stuff and you just, it's like you genuinely are having so some of the much best fun. times yes. of your life. Happy as heck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. I love the energy of music videos. And and it's almost art for art's sake. And yeah. that's that's why it's so fun. It's, it's an artist coming together with more artists, creating a unique combination of art visuals yeah. and music and it's just it's a beautiful thing to watch yeah so many days uh music videos are always so draining like to actually get through them but mentally i feel recharged when i leave the set because i know i just got to pour into 
what made me want to be an artist for the very first time. Um, and so that's something that I, one of the reasons why I love them so much is because I feel filled up once I go home from work. Mm. So that's mm. that's something that's really cool about those sets. I think let's end on just for music videos yeah. differences from other sets, right? And I and I think just from a like scheduling, like because yeah. I'll schedule a lot of your yeah. your shoots uh, once you do your concepts, and I'll try to block it out for you, location, all that stuff. And it's like you know you have depending on the song and the concept, right. you have this is very unique. You have performance takes, right, where yeah. they're running through the entire song. Um, and you might only be already they're running through a part of the song because you right. know exactly what part you want to play in the edit. Um, so you have like these performance takes. Sometimes you have just like these these B-roll, like yeah. candid, just artsy shots. And then my favorite is when we get to come in and create story. Yeah. Right? We get to create a storyline. Uh, we've collaborated on several uh, music video projects, and that's where we get to, like you said, it's like right. we create our own world. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's there there are no boundaries. There's no rules. Yeah. It's as big as you can dream, you know, and, and, yeah. and what the artist will sign off on. Um, but are there any other differences like on set – um, cause you know, it's not a, it's not an interview. It's not, right. a, so it's very, um, it's almost like it's this hybrid of like, it could be short film cause we're shooting yep. scenes, right? It could be, it's like, there's this performance takes where you're yeah. like filming an artist, you know, yes, lip sync, but, sure. but like perform to yeah. you and you're, and you're picking the angles. And then there's just like these cool little artsy inserts that you might uh, plan and yeah. pick up. Um, so that's it's so different from other 100%. sets. But am I leaving other stuff out? What's what's different? Yeah, something something about music videos is the effects that you get to do in in the videos, right? So like, there's so many whether it is in post or in camera effects or thinking through just creative transitions and whatnot. There are so many effects that I get to do in music videos that I find myself only using in music videos. And just playing to that side of my artistry is super fun. Um, lots of in-camera, I, I love in-camera effects. And so uh, there's a company like Prism Lens Effects, shout out Jacob Owens, Thomas Totter. Um, but like that company right there, I can put in-camera effects in front of my lens that I can't use in, in a lot of other projects, but I can use in music videos and they just bring a different sort of energy and visual that, you know, if you're not, especially if you're not in the industry, you don't get to see a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and so I love being able to create that entertainment uh, and that intrigue for other viewers who aren't like in the industry and don't know about, you know, putting Vaseline on your lens or, or what, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just so many other like in-camera effects that you can do um, and just creative planning and strategy to how to create effects and you know you know generate an emotional response from from that. Yeah, and some of it again is for art for art's sake. Art for art's like, sake. You're throwing it like what what is the meaning of of throwing in this you yeah. know uh, rock that's like glittering on the side this prism totally. And it's like, it's just cool. It just adds an effect to yeah. this scene. And a lot of stuff is planned out, right? We right. have meaning behind the things. But there's also times where you can just play around, which, you you know, you don't it doesn't <laughs> have a cool. place in a commercial, yeah. right? But it does have a place just in music. Just shine anymore. this flashlight right into the lens for an anamorphic flare. There you, go. <laughs> you know what I mean? There you like, go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, all man. right. All right. Next set, man. Oh, gosh. I feel like we could talk about music videos oh, all day. Yeah. That could be its own episode them. for sure. But uh, so, so there's a lot of different sets, right? Music videos. Um, let's move on to like, uh, um, you know, I feel like corporate production stuff, maybe a lot of people have experience in that. We can yeah. briefly jump into yeah. corporate production, but there's a well, lot. Well, that's of where the bag is. Corporate has the money and that's the biggest difference right there. Like before you move on, <laughs> if you want to make money, you work in corporate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, yeah. Let's start with differences. And it, it's usually corporate has the budget. Well, and right? not only that, but the beautiful thing about corporate is if you don't charge enough, they're going to think they're getting a not premium product and they want a premium product. And so sometimes you undercutting your corporate rate is actually saying more about the quality of the product that you're going to be delivering instead of, you know, just you being a cheaper artist to work with. And so I've worked with a lot of corporate businesses that they have, you know, 
certain budgets that they have to spend. Uh, they want a certain premium product because their job is on the line, right? It's not art for art's sake. It's art for my job's sake. You know what I mean? ROI. And so yeah. I love the corporate side because it's, I like the, I like to see the cause and effect. I go, look, what is the win for you? How can we make that win? Yeah. How can we do it through the video? And then it's, it's the, you know, Ferrari and the, and the, uh, Honda Civic, they both can get you there, but one gets you there in a lot more style right. and a lot faster, yeah. right? And this one, this one might take a long time to make back yeah. that ROI, right? right? So, what do you want to invest in? Right. What can you invest in? Yeah. So, I do want to say, uh, even though yes, you like don't devalue, but corporations and companies, I've worked with some big companies. You're making them have, money. That well, that have had should l- be like national brands that have had less money to spend on projects with us than like these small right. companies that have trusted us and they net even these nonprofits which I'll lump into like kind of corporate sure. we've made them millions of dollars right. in returns on a collaboration of our videos right. and their marketing and you know in in person events fundraising all that stuff yeah and ad campaigns and it's like you know they you got to put money in to make the money right. and so we say how how many 2x 3x can we make this so that's the beautiful thing. I feel like there is no ceiling on corporate. It's yeah. like, what is the win for you? Is it ten million dollars? What is what is what are we selling? What are right. we or what are we raising money for? Right. Here is all of our creative ideas, whether we generate ourselves working with that agency, we love generating that strategy, right? And the story and then the visuals and the creative. And here's how you can help execute it. And so I love that if we're talking about differences from a producer standpoint. Um, it, it, the imagination can go as high as your budget can right. go. And if you're a big company or even some of these small ones, they understand the value right. of investing yeah. into it. And so Good. money in the corporate stuff, uh, it allows for so much more of that growth in the art and the business yeah. side of it, right? Money talks, yeah. baby, money yeah. talks. So, uh, I mean, before we jump on from it, yep. f- let's talk about vibe and experience. Yeah. <laughs> So here's the, vibe the uh, of corporate sets. Here's is incredible. The, here's the downside. <laughs> well, I'll say this: it depends on the type of corporate set, right? So I've I've done some corporate projects that you know, going back to being filled up at the end of the day, I've done some corporate projects where I'm like, dude, I just made a really tight video today, and then I've done some other soul sucking videos that I come home and I was like, today was work, like work, work, and I had to really like fight through this. Um, and so it depends on the, you know, the range of corporate projects, but there are corporate projects that they, they really want that imagination and that creativity brought to their video. Um, and it, you know, it feels like commercial work, even inside of a corporation where it's like, I got to, you know, it's not all just talking head and B roll stuff. You Uh know what I mean? Like there's more creativity and planning involved in it. And so those are my favorite types of projects. Um, and I actually, man, I love the thing that I love about corporate projects. You know, there's a lot of testimonials involved in, in corporate work and I do love meeting all of like the different people that I've gotten to interview over the years and like hear their stories. And I've learned so much about how to run my business better by meeting other people in business who are killing it, who they're telling their testimonies. And then I'm talking with them behind the camera. And so like value that's been directly given to me, um, even if I'm freaking doing a cooking thing, but like I leave there, I know how to cook something a little bit better at the end of the day. Like I have learned so much so many life skills and business skills working on corporate projects and going into all these different corporations. It takes me back to my e-how days when I was doing editorial content and we would do chefs, fitness instructors, attack CPA. Yeah. And same thing. You would just suck in all this knowledge, especially if you, like back then I was shooting, editing, producing, doing all of it. And you would just uh, take in all of this knowledge from them and then network, right? Like some of those people then turn into clients down the yeah. road too. And then I turn into their clients yeah. as well. So it's definitely a, a big network. But I want to say uh, compare and contrasting, like right. let's say a music video set, right? right. Totally different vibe, right? right? And let's go back to the what do I wear question, right? Right? Right. Like, right? like, I mean, music videos, you might be like, you know, just wearing whatever you want. It's casual, relaxed. Could be. Depends on the set. And, you know, music videos might be the set where afterwards you're popping open a cold one. Everybody's right, 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 right. Corporate commercial sets, it's it's business, right? And, and we like to have fun on our sets. Not totally. That we 
pop open a beer on a or a set, but we like no, afterwards. <laughs> but but you know, it's there's the uh, it is business, right? It's professional. Yeah. We like to keep it fun. We're experiences everything right. for right. not only our clients but our our crew. And so we we have a different way we do things on set. And I think that's why people enjoy. We have yeah. these companies wanting us to come back, but it definitely is a different level because there is so much money right riding on the line, right? right. And that's like we got to make our day. We got to make this video work. We got to make this project, what we've designed, come to life and get the ROI for the client. Yep. Because if we don't, so there's, it's, it's, it's serious and intense. But again, like I said, we like to keep the experience fun, but I will say the vibe or the experience uh, all around is a bit more of that professional elevated. So, you know, again, you dress for the job. So, you know, it's, it's a little, you know, Maybe we still wear our, you know, hats yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, scrubs, but uh, just but wear it's a, all it's black. A, it's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you ever have that question, just wear all black professional. Safe bet. Exactly. If it's a formal thing, don't wear a hat. You know, if it's a wedding, don't wear a hat. Yeah. So at least a ball cap. Yep. Anyways, all right. So uh, anything else to say on the corporate stuff before we move? Man, um, I feel like I could. We could do a podcast yeah. on each of these individually. We- Let's go challenge. Let's go challenge real quick. So, okay. Because so, there's prep, yeah. challenge. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think we have to really talk about prep as much, but challenge for yeah. what are some of the challenges that you might run into on a corporate set um, uh, that you need to prepare for? So, you know, there's a lot of factors involved, but, you know, is this a corporate set that we're doing outside? Is it one that we're doing inside? You know, there's just even those two alone are two totally different things. Um you know, is the client going to be good on camera, right? Like sometimes I have to coach some people really through the process on how to just not be awkward and talk with your hands and, you know, stop drifting and looking at the person that's not, you know, uh, you know just off camera, right? Um, so it depends on like the experience level of the person who I'm working with, Um it also depends on how prepared they are. Um, it depends on, um, you know, going back to the interior exterior thing. Like if we're working outside and it's right next to an airport, um, you know, we may have planes that are killing our audio and it's just putting our day behind uh, that we couldn't prepare for. If it's indoors, you know, m- maybe we don't even have access to the lighting of like a huge building, right? Where we can't kill the overheads. We got mixed lighting and now we got to shoot this interview and in mixed lighting and it is what it is. Um, and then you're flying floppies, you know, it's like, it, it just, there's so many different variables that, um, especially if you don't get to do a tech scout in advance, you have to just be ready for on the fly and you have to be ready for, you know, just improv improvisation. Yeah. Pip- be, be yeah ready being to ready pivot. to pivot. That's yeah, it, yeah. And yeah. that's an e-film set. I feel like you always can be ready to pivot, but you're, you're absolutely right. You run into, you know, is it a closed set? Is it open right. set? Or are they work? Are they still trying oh, yeah. to hold business, you know? And so lots of pre that's where producing really needs to come in and do a lot of, there's a lot of things that could be set up for success, but a lot of times, some of these clients aren't thinking from a film, you know, like we're, we're talking about, well, what's the noise level there? Like you have control over the yeah. music, right? You can turn the music off. Like there's all these little things that we have to walk them through on the producing side, uh, maybe because it is their first rodeo right. or it's a new person in in that uh, driver's seat that handles media. Right. And, you know, so there's a lot of things you have to watch yep. out there for. Yeah, that's that's great, man. That's some of the challenges. It's good. Um What's next, man? We want to go into. You want to go way back to uh, weddings? Yes, dude. Yeah. Weddings are. It's a whole another. Gr- it's a beast. It's yeah. a whole other beast. Yeah, it's a whole other animal. It's 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 both of our roots. Like I, I definitely got my foundation as a filmmaker, um, doing corporate and corporate work in wedding films for sure. Mm. And I I don't really do wedding films anymore. I think last year I maybe did three. And one was for a friend and one was like, gave me a chance to go to Mexico and um, whatnot. So I think I did three last year, but I don't really do them anymore. Um, he says that, but I got to, hey, I need you to do a couple this year. <laughs> That's the uh, story of the art versus the business. Yeah. Back at it again. <laughs> another another discussion for another yeah, time. another day. Um, anyway, that said, I am, I probably shot, I don't know, maybe about a 130 to 50 weddings 150 weddings ballpark maybe maybe mm-hmm. um which is you know 
it's a it's a handful of them for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely know my way around them. So so set our so set yeah. my expectations. Yeah. So like if somebody's never shot a wedding before, what like but they're like oh but I've done corporate right. I've done music videos I so, can do this. So set my expectations. So the thing with wedding videos right is they're every like every one of the people in the room around you like this is a huge huge day for them. You know you do a corporate shoot and it's like yeah this is cool like we're spending a lot of money to make this project but like. This, like on a wedding film, you're working with somebody who they have dreamt about this day their whole life. They have all their family there, all their friends who are ready to go to war with anybody who makes their day slightly inconvenient, right? Mm. So there's a lot of like emotional pressure just riding on the day. Um, And you have to, as a videographer, stay with that person more than anybody else that day. You and the photographer there are shoulder to shoulder with the bride and groom from the moment that you walk there to the moment that they leave. And nobody else, not even best man, maid of honor, mom, dad, the officiant, anybody can say that. You spend more time with the bride and groom than anybody else. So part of your job is to make their experience for the day second to none like if you make a so-so wedding film for them that is almost on the back burner of making sure that they have a great day because if you make an incredible wedding film at the expense of their day they are not going to have a good you know experience so to speak with their wedding videographer and so you have to um i don't want to call it schmooze but you have to really make their day special and that's part of your creative job duties and that's different than you know working on another type of project for so sure. true man and it's so important and when we you know we, we're very careful uh it's so we have cinema story wedding films which right. is the uh sister company of cinema story and you know we're we're very careful on training and yeah. cultivating that experience because we're all about that Right. experience and quality, right? It's right. a dance between the two because you got to get the shot, but you also yeah. got to make sure that not only the bride and groom having a great time, but mom and dad aren't going to kill right. you. You know, the, right. other, the other vendors, the photographer. Yeah. I've had photographers. I remember I had a photographer elbow me out of the way oh, yeah. in receptions. And you go, you know what? I got my shot. Yep. It's cool. And, yep. and, you know, there's been... I remember one wedding we were working together, guest, drunk guest at the reception... Uh, I think tried to get in a fight with Joey, and Joey came over to me and was just like, I could tell on his face, I'm like, what's wrong? But he's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm good. I just, this guy was saying, that, you know, and I'm like, all right, all right, it made breathe, it sound man. worse than, it, or, or no, not he, as he, bad as it actually was. He, <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't that, he wasn't even that pumped up. But you were more I needed, just like, man, I needed a minute to I cool wanted off. To, I wanted to punch this dude. Yeah. But you go, experience is everything. Let's, uh, let's keep doing our job. Uh, yeah. make sure everybody's respecting us as well, but yeah. you know, like, but, but get the job done. So I want to say one different thing too, is they determine the schedule. Yeah. So it's a huge thing. There might be, there, I love the brides that will consult with us. Uh, usually they get the, like the photographer yeah. will kind of help them create their timeline or their planner. If they have a planner, right. Or a combination and in the higher end weddings, they'll bring us in and help consult with us to like, Hey, let's plan out some right. moments where we're going to spend time and make some really cinematic fancy yeah. stuff. So with them making the schedule, you're again, it's just a hurry up and a wait, totally and a hurry up and a wait. And then the dress goes on, and then it's hurry up, hurry up. Everything is going fast. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's the exit. You're sweating. You're so <laughs> tired. You've maybe you got to eat dinner. And yeah. You slammed a bottle of water. Yeah. And you're like, it's over. Yeah. And you've been there for eight to ten hours. That's another thing we should say too. It's a really long day on your feet with no breaks, no other breaks. than you potentially get a dinner break. Yeah. You should. Let me yeah. just say, you 100% should get a yeah. dinner break to sit down when the guests are eating. You should be eating. Yeah. So that's a, some big difference. There's so many yeah. more, right? There's oh, so many yeah. more. Yeah, obviously, attire on this one. Totally. You want to you want to uh, dress uh, to appropriately yeah. to the um, the occasion. Occasion. Yeah. And then uh, gear. Yeah. Right. That's a whole other thing. So setting expectations for that, like you need uh, the gorilla style, fast and ready type gear that you can quickly. Like you don't have time to break out 
a Dana Dolly, right? <laughs> right, right. You know what right. I mean? And unless you're doing a really high end wedding and you're doing a bunch of, yeah, uh, uh, you got a bunch of crew members and you can you can do that, right? We're talking, you know, the, the they want their day to, to feel like a production, twenty k, right? yeah. yeah, wedding film. You know, and that's that's what we're talking about there. But so you got to be fast. And yeah. you know, we talked about glide cams and stuff. It's got to be like, how can I move quickly through the day and capture right all of it in a high quality way? Yeah, right. And um, finally, another difference is knowing when to direct, right? Right. And the comfort level of your of these aren't actors; these aren't right. models. Knowing the comfort and so some of this can be done in pre pro. We do that yeah. in the wedding film design survey, but it's like how comfortable are they? And then you have to be assertive and get in and say, "Hey, that moment when you were doing that, can you do that again, real quick? But mm-hmm. I want you to like turn this way because the lights coming through the window. Right. Trust me, it's gonna look awesome." Right. And and helping them feel confident. That's the big thing I remember is like building their confidence up. Yeah. You know, sometimes we'd show them the back of the camera and be like, look at the, and it, that's all it takes. You show them once and they're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is, a, then they'll, anything you tell them, right. they're going to, they, they trust, trust you, you the rest of the yeah. day. Man, the other thing too that um, provided so much value to me getting started is you really learn how to anticipate the moment that you need um, because you can't get it again. And you learn like mm-hmm. <laughs> through, uh, hopefully less failures and trials and tribulations. But you know, when, when I was first getting started and the bride was walking down the aisle, I was set up in a way that, oh yeah, it looked great, but I didn't realize that part of the process was everyone is going to stand up as soon as she gets <laughs> to, you know, where she needs to be. And then I don't have a shot anymore. And so it's like learning the little intricates, intricacies of how to anticipate, you know, maybe your shot's great right now, but something is about to happen or happens, you know, most of the time to where I actually need to be somewhere else just for the safety of getting the shot that only happens once. And so you learn how to move really quickly. You're strategically thinking ahead the whole time. As a lead, you are delegating and directing somebody else to get what you know you can't get or what makes your life easier. Um, and you got to trust that person, you know, it's not like I'm on another set where I can kind of oversee a B cam operator and whatnot. It's like, Hey, you go cover the dudes and you better do a dang good job. And like, you know, you prepare them in advance, but you, I learned how to be so much more quick and efficient on commercial sets by the hours and time that I spent putting in on wedding films for Mm. sure. Mm. So much to dive into with the wedding films. I think it yeah. might be a future episode where we yeah. just unpack it for for people that are interested in yeah, that. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a very it's a great industry. It's a gr- it's a very creative industry, but it is a totally different animal. Yep. And I would say it's self driven people as well, right? Totally. It's not a it's not a set you're showing up and you know you have to know what you do, uh, how to do it, and like you said, learn quick, be thinking ahead, and think for the edit. Yeah. Especially if you're the one editing it, if you're the company that's editing it, yeah. think for the edit. How are these pieces? You got her walking down the aisle, but did you get anybody's reaction? Did you right. get his reaction? Like, have you planned out those shots? Like, think about all the things that yeah. that and and think from the uh, couple's perspective. Yeah, right. Man, that's huge. Yeah, that's thinking so big. from them because corporate, you're not. You're like, hey, I I know the ROI. I know what we got to execute here. Right. To make this. The wedding, you're like, I got to think about like what they're gonna want to remember. Yeah. So, oh, I really want to go get this really beautiful drone shot of the sunset because it's so artistic with the venue. But you know what, Grandma is having a moment with the bride right now. That sunset doesn't even hold a candle, man. No, no. and that's something. So I actually made the mistake of editing my own wedding film, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I wouldn't call it a mistake, but. you get what I'm getting yeah, at. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It, yeah. You're emotionally tied to the project. And I learned, uh, this was just a, a big light bulb moment for me, but there were moments in there that weren't filmed 100,000% perfectly. And, you know, as someone who has produced and, um, by the yeah. way, I shot his wedding, so shots fired. Shots right fired. I was trying to be low-key about it, but <laughs> yeah, he botched it, bro. <laughs> He's like, hey, he didn't shoot it how I would have shot it. It wasn't 100,000 it was, it was perfect. But, <laughs> no. Hey, check it out. Go to his uh, Instagram. It's a dope wedding film. It's fire. It's yeah. fire. For a guy that hey, doesn't. Old man still got tricks. 100%. E- editing definitely came in clutch. Yeah. yeah, but the shots were fire, bro. You did a great job, and I'm forever grateful for that gift. 
Um, but that said, there was a moment in particular that was the light bulb moment that you didn't have the opportunity because my lovely bride didn't give you the time. Um, I love you, baby. <laughs> she didn't give you the time to get set up for a moment that, uh, you know, you could have captured better if you knew it was even happening. Um, but the moment was so special and the camera sh was like super shaky and I was like, I don't care that this is filmed like, to, you know, su like super shaky footage. It didn't Subpar matter. is what he's trying to say. He the, like the camera started rolling in the middle of the moment. It was like you really didn't have a chance to get even set up for the show. Oh, always be ready too, because some things stay ready. You got to get yeah, ready. Yeah, some of the, some of those moments just start happening. Oh, like yeah. I walked up on that right. That wasn't yeah. planned or or at least discuss, discussed in the totally. timeline, and it was like, oh, what? It's happening. Got to right get now. this right. Yeah, but but go back to your point. Yeah. You wanted to use it, right? but back to yeah. So I like when I saw that footage, I was like, dude. This is so special. It's not filmed, you know, like, <laughs> all right, we go. I'm beating around the bush right now. <laughs> it wasn't filmed great because he didn't have a chance to set up for it, but it had nothing to do with him as an operator. It had to do with my wife, and I love you, baby, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. Put the blame on the operator. Don't You're put right. it on your wife. Dude, yeah, my was, wife. Yeah, it's me. You screwed up royally. She didn't do <laughs> dang thing that's right anyway no it's Cheater all marriage the i the whole point of this is to say that the moment mattered more than the quality of the shot there it is and that's it and and there it is for me that was a huge eye-opening thing because i was like dude I, the DP of this, need to let my ego for how good my shots are go because that doesn't matter. Them remembering the moment, the one moment that they ever have, that is what they're going to hang on to. And it doesn't matter if, you know, I didn't line up my shot right. Even if the exposure was like three stops underexposed, like we will deal with it later, but they will be able to remember it. Fix it in post. And yeah, it's so true, man. And, yeah. that, and I think that I want to say is just so unique in wedding films because it is a, uh, it, it is that dance still yeah. of like, I want to make it look super good, but sometimes it's like, just capture it. Yes. And just, like, and stop shaking, right? Cause you ran over there well, to capture and it. Dude, like, capture it. So many, so many people set their, uh, like they shoot wide open when the bride is walking down the aisle, right? And, you know, if the camera is slightly soft on that moment, they're going to have a forever out of focus moment of them walking down the aisle mm. because you wanted to have a shallow depth of field. As an artist, you prioritized the shot and your ego over her being able to remember that moment in focus. Mm. And so that, you know, they're, they're, it's one of those things where you have to, as an artist, let some of your artistry go at times so that you can capture, like, it's not about you, bro. It's about them. And that's 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 something that is really that separates wedding films from other films. Breach, and we could go hours on that. And I oh, think yeah. we're already super long on this one. So let's move on to the next <laughs> yeah, category. Yeah, yeah, definitely, we gotta bro. we gotta quickly. Let's I, go. You know what? We're gonna shorten this and just go straight to uh, narrative, right? Yeah, feature, dude. feature. Let's combine feature and shorts. Um, Dig it. I mean, it's they're totally different. But, it's just narrative but work. Expectations. Yeah. Set expectations. So. Um, what's, what's the, uh, what's the challenge or what, first off, set my expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, what is it like on that? Man, type the, of the thing that I love so much about narrative projects is that everything can be perfect, right? Mm. Like you have a production design team to move every piece of furniture, to build walls if you need to, to build structures. You have planned weeks and months in advance after doing scouts and meticulously thought of every item that's going to be in your background. You know every single light. You know the crew members that are going to be moving it. They know their roles. Like It is a well-oiled machine, and every ounce of what you see in the frame is normally meticulously planned. Mm. And and that is the difference in narrative work is that you get an opportunity to paint with a truly blank canvas a lot mm. of times and you you can you can shoot anywhere in the world. You pick your location 
your location will give you things that you may not be able to control, but you got to pick that. And oftentimes if you pick it well, it works to your advantage because you couldn't have done it, you know, that well, even in a studio because of, because of the realism of it. Right. Mm. And so the world is your oyster and you get to really, really refine every single detail of the film. And that is a beautiful thing where an artist just gets to fly freely. Man, you made me just fall in love with the feature and narrative yeah. film all over again, man. It's great. That beautiful description. I feel Thanks. like that you just painted a picture. And I want to uh, set expectations for people that have never been on a feature film set. There's a lot of... Uh, set terminology, right. set etiquette, which 100%. I think we need to do an episode on that. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. There's a set there's etiquette. a lot that you need to learn on. Don't be afraid because don't let fear limit you from ever taking that chance. Totally. Even starting out as a PA, wh- whatever you can do to get on a set. BTS, by the way, hack. If you can get on as a BTS person, photo or video, you will be able to watch so many different departments and no have pressure. more free range. Don't get in the way. Don't ruin right. the shot. But you will be able to not be tied into a department and get to see a lot of it and learn yeah. so much that way, other than just working into a department. But going back to it, the expectations, there's a hierarchy on set. There's there's teams. If you're working union, non-union, there's all these different rules. And so there, it's a whole nother animal. Right. Um, not only from the creative, visual, beautiful picture that you painted, but expectations of like, oh, I'm gonna, I got this opportunity, I got to be on a film set. You know, you're also looking at, you're probably doing, you know, 10, 21, 30, you know, who knows how many days in a row, right? Some day, some will do like, you know, five on, two off, or yeah. six on, one off. Um, you know, you might be traveling for it. You know, we've done stints up in uh, 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 New York, and we've done Virginia, and you know, here in Texas but even far enough away where you have to go and stay. So there's a lot of uh, different expectations that it's very exciting too. And it's a totally different ecosystem that you're going to be living in, right? Then working with obviously weddings or a corporate client and you're trying to get this ROI, you're creating a world together and there's this ecosystem in the world behind the scenes that's making it come together right well one of the things when i went and got on my very first like big budgeted uh narrative project and i just saw every single person who had their individual function and they were experts at that you Mm -hmm. know at their one thing doing it at a higher degree than i had ever seen before i was like eyes wide open like this is so intimidating. Like I, I remember being like, how am I ever going to be able to do this? And, you know, uh, I, I got my first opportunity being the behind the scenes guy, which, you know, was an incredible experience, uh, for a number of reasons, but I got to be a sponge and just absorb like for days and days. I was like, this is how these things flow. And, there is an order of operations and it just opened my eyes to like all the different roles out there, how things happen and unfold. And, um, you know, if you get an opportunity to be on a narrative project, there is a huge, huge benefit to being the low man at the very beginning. And, you know, either being a PA or being the behind the scenes guy or, you know, Second, second, and assistant second to the regional AC. manager. Insert, but um, no, seriously, there's like a huge benefit to just having like being, you know, in charge of crafty. Like mm-hmm. that is, yeah, I, I, you get to just see how stuff works, mm-hmm. and that is half the battle on narrative for sure. Uh, absolutely and the vibe and the experience if we just second to none yeah yeah other than maybe the music videos sets right yeah but 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 they're both like i think so fulfilling right yeah well and and you can get that like the narrative vibe on like bigger budgeted music video productions when you have like an entire crew and it's structured like a narrative film Mm. but the thing about like when you're making a movie like you if you love like making films you come alive to a different degree when you step onto a feature film set because you're seeing, you know, audio have this whole truck that, you know, you're like, wait, I'm used to using a boom mic and a Zoom recorder. And it's like, <laughs> no, bro. Like audio has their truck. Mm-hmm. Grip has their truck. Camera has their truck. Makeup has their truck. 
and they're building sometimes, you know what I mean? Like we did, we had 80 extras or something. They had multiple buildings just for the MUAs to get, uh, you know, people up prop department. Like there's just so many different things that take place on a, like a narrative film set that when you do it to a high degree, you're like, I'm stepping into another dimension that doesn't feel anything else like mm. earth. Mm. Like it, it, it's super cool. Yeah, and you, and you, uh, like you said, like you know, they are an expert at one thing. One they get thing. to focus on yeah. one thing, which is great, uh, which is really great. And and where you know, we came from a background of being expert, having no <laughs> one a, man band, a lot of and, things, right? Yeah. Which is good too. But it's such a relief to be like, oh, I don't have to like the weddings again or corporate, some small yeah. budget corporate. And like I'm video, audio, and lighting, right? The one man band stuff. <laughs> Producer and, and director yeah, and post production. All in one. Yeah. And I will say Accounting. <laughs> you guys that can do that are worth yeah. your weight in gold because totally. you you are helpful on those sets. You right. you because you understand those different swim lanes. Yeah. Right. And if somebody drowns, you can right. also jump in and swim in that lane if you right. have to or, or help save that person. Well, and having an idea, too, of just like, like to your point, the different challenges that other people on set go through, you know that especially when you're a, a director or DP, that some of the things that you're asking for come at a cost mm. for somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I do a super, super wide shot, I know that audio can't boom in the shot. And it's like I like if I'm doing a wide shot, audio is going to come, we're going to have a conversation. And so, okay, like they just have to make certain preparations that if I don't tell them that in advance, you know, maybe they're not set up for X amount of people, right? Like the eight people that they've had, boom, you know what I'm saying? It's just, mm -hmm. uh, and normally they'll have a lob on them, but it, it's just making sure that audio is ready in that moment or that G&E is ready. Or even me and the director know that like, when you make this call, this is the result. Like these are the repercussions of this call, you know? Mm -hmm. And so just having a background in the different roles will help you be able to do your role better for other people. Mm, yeah, that's good. I don't even know if we have time to jump into documentary and reality. They are definitely different but similar in a lot of uh, ways to to other uh, sets. But I want to I say this one thing that I found interesting. It was at the uh, uh, Denton Black Film Festival that we were yeah. at. And we one of our short uh, uh, documentary shorts uh, won Best Texas Documentary uh short uh film uh, which was awesome but the somebody on stage best said short film best texas documentary short film oh okay yeah no no, no not short film so, yeah, sorry best like, texas documentary film yeah, yeah i was like short film what are you talking about i don't know yeah i need more sleep so so the presenter on stage said um in feature films the director is god mm. but in documentaries god is the director. Mm. And I was like, first I was like, what? Oh, oh, beautiful. Because in documentaries, the story, right, writes itself. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of like, there's treatment. There's, there's, that's don't get good, me wrong, man. tons that's of pre-pro that's got to go into totally. it, right? But a lot of times, and this is a big difference from feature and documentary, you think you know what the story is. You know who you want to interview. You know some of the pieces you're going to put together. You're in, you're doing it. And you find out more of the story, and you start going down different yeah. paths. And documentaries, a lot of times, are over a long period of time, right? right? Because I want to tell maybe an extended story. It depends on the documentary. Could Some could be, you know, a shorter 7 to 14-day run. Sometimes it's like, oh, we're going to be filming over this entire year, right? right? Or two or three years, five years. There's, right. you know, long documentaries that have, uh, you know, are still going on. The, the feature films, you know, usually, you know, setting your expectations – you're going to be on it for the 10, 21, 30, you know, who knows, 45, whatever the whatever the run is to get the feature done. And they, they sometimes they'll break it up in two, two runs as well, right? But documentaries, you're looking at a long process spread over super, a lot of different long. days. And the story, again, it's a lot of unknowns too, right? You do get to control, like here's, depending on the documentary and the budget and how much time you have, you get to control everything in the scene to some right. extent, but there's a lot of unknowns. How is this character going to be on right. camera? Right. What is he going to, he or she going to say on yeah. camera, right? What is the- Certain uh, legalities too. Of, yeah. You know, repercussions of what they say. Exactly. Yeah. Finding out the truth in the documentary, totally. right? Cinema verte. And so, um, that I love documentary. Yeah. Man, because there is, uh, I love- 
discovering and exploring that truth and seeing what story has been written for us and how we can make it artistically beautiful and can easily consumed uh, in a way that people remember yeah. and are moved by that experience. Yeah. And you can do that with feature narratives as well. Yeah. Love that too. But these true stories, some of the best um, feature films come from places of reality, right? Documentary film. Yeah. And uh, and so, man, docs are just, you know, and I will say this too, you get to meet a lot of interesting people. Totally. And you travel the world. I've been to India, I've been to yeah. uh, South America because of documentary yeah. filmmaking um, where, and again, you can do that with feature films too, but the locations that it will take you, man, is so yeah. interesting. So uh, I can't, uh, you know, I love all film sets, yeah. I feel like, but documentaries has a big part. Yeah. And, and, and let me say one other thing, too. A lot of times I walk away from documentary sets feeling like I'm going to make a difference, mm. Mm. right? And so Come sometimes on. corporate sets, I'm like, I'm going to make a difference for them. They're going to make some more dollars, and their more dollars going to make more dollars for me because yeah. they're going to hire me again, blah, blah, blah. Documentaries, good, I go, man. I might have the impact to change one person's life, a million people's lives, a culture, uh, a nation. Yeah. It's it's the power is there to uncover and tell stories in, in good ways um, that need to be told, man. So, uh, and the expectation on those sets, smaller crews, you know, um, it's 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 a weird hybrid of like corporate, I guess you would say, and then also narrative. Yeah. You know, you have these different departments sometimes. Sometimes it's micro crews. Right. Um, so it's a mixed bag, but I'm always here for a good documentary yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, bro. I love the passion that just came alive when you were talking about them, and it, it got me refired up to shoot another <laughs> documentary. Uh, we got two in the uh, works Let's that go, we can't bro. talk about. Let's but go. Man, we. They're hot, hot. I know, I know. Yeah, big deal ones. Um, well, man, um, you got me all excited about yeah. documentary. Well, uh, you know, I'll throw a little thing about reality. Okay. Unless well, you got something yeah, on yeah, documentary. Yeah, real, yeah, yeah, real dip, quick. Dip your feet in the documentary pool. Yeah, man. So I came home the other day after working on a documentary, and it was so cool to hear my wife say, she was like, man, you have gotten to experience so many cool things and different things in life mm. that other people haven't gotten a chance to do because of the projects that you're working on uh, that take me to certain you know places mm. and parts of the world and just meet people who I wouldn't cross paths with normally. Um, doc work provides an outlet to meet really interesting people and have really cool life experience and just broaden your worldview hundred mm. percent. Um, and, and to the point of you making a difference and an impact with the work that you're doing, I have seen documentaries make a huge impact in me just as I'm creating them. And so I feel like I personally get way more like I personally am affected to an emotional degree or to even just an intelligence about a topic because of the doc work that I get to do versus just, oh, this is a cool like promo for, you know, this new clothing company or this new product. Uh, when I tell a story that's going to make a difference in somebody else's life, mm. nine times out of 10, the difference gets made in mine mm. just by telling that story and helping bring that to life. Preach, cool. preach, come on. You about to make me shed a tear over here. And, and I will say <laughs> that too, that's a huge difference with documentary yeah. film. Uh, more the most tears are shed on documentary oh, films, yeah. right? Not only, man, not only on set, but in the edit editing room too. Yep. Um, that's a whole other story. If we go into editing, you know, doc, right. you got ninety hours per one hour. Where feature, you're yeah. at thirty to one, right? That's your yeah. ratios. I, that's that cannot be a correct ratio. It's not an for, exact science. Yeah, but, but it's close. Um, but dude, it's uh, I love what you said, man. It it hits the heart. Um, totally on all sides of it yeah such a such a great experience and so uh but yeah you got to be ready you got to know your stuff and you might have to wear more hats i would say 100 i think on, when i go and do doc work i already go into it with the expectation of being a little bit more flexible mm. just because you know this the subject matter might be a little bit um you know touchy for the for the mm. person that is going to be sharing what they went through um you know, the, it's just a different sort of, 
I think, posture that I have going on to a documentary set than a commercial or narrative project where I really want everything to be perfect. Mm. In doc, I'm, you know, I want the interviews to look good and I want, you know, the B-roll to be captured well. But a lot of times the beautiful thing about doc work is, you know, the rough unperfectness of it and just the realism of it and capturing that in a creative way. But that goes back to like the background of having, you know, an experience doing events where you only get one moment to capture something mm. and you can capture it right. Like people that do really make really good documentaries also shoot really good event recaps or mm -hmm. have a background that where they started doing that. Mm -hmm. And so they can anticipate when something's coming, mm -hmm. you know, when a couple is going to hug, when a tear is going to be shed, when they're pushing the boundaries too far, even in the interview. It's mm -hmm. just the expectations that you get from doing run and gun work translate over so heavily to doc work. And I, I got to share this story too. I remember I was on a, a, a doc type project yeah. recently and we had, um, uh, a shooter that maybe hasn't had as much experience sure. in the dock and and there was moments where this uh videographer would stop filming i was producing taking yeah. scripting notes and producing story notes and uh they would stop filming right at like the big moments I'm, and i had to yeah. tell this person i said look it's not about what they're saying and like what's happening in the moment. It's about the reactions of right. everybody afterwards. Right. Those tears, those hugs, like these moments. Like I yeah. know, and this is what I was gonna get with the reality and reality TV. But like the documentary stuff that I shot, it's like those. There's a whole ethical right. discussion that has to be 100%. had too, right? Like I've I've filmed a riot in India, right? I've filmed. I've been in yeah. fear in my life in in documentary film. Uh, slight fear, you know. Yeah. But you, I think. Sometimes when you're younger, you think you're invincible, yeah. and so we had that. But, but it's a you have to know uh, what you need to capture, and 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 it goes back to like when do you put the camera down and help, right? Like when do you when mm. does the filmmaker have to cross over? And there, I mean, yeah. that's that's another podcast for a whole ethical you know discussion. Um, but knowing, uh, like you said, that event recap and getting the shot and anticipating the moments yeah. and the moments to come even after, right? right? It's like when we have somebody on a documentary set, it's like record before they ever even sit down. Yeah. Because you might be catching something that totally. is the money shot yeah. of the documentary film. Right. Same thing on the, uh, you know, like after they're finished and we're talking and the spoiler alert, the jinx. Is it a great example of a documentary right. film? The dude wore his uh, microphone to the restroom and admitted to the murder. Oh, mm. And they're doing this documentary. Just on like him. under his breath into under the love and they into caught his it. Love. Yeah. And they caught him. And it changed the whole course of yeah. the documentary and history for that guy, obviously. Yep. And so, I mean, obviously that's an extreme uh, right, right. example. And I totally ruined it for people because yeah. people are going to hate me if they haven't seen the jinx. <laughs> uh, man, it's hilarious to me that we tried to cover like a high-level view of every part of the film industry in one podcast. <laughs> I know. We're way over time. I think we uh, probably – there's so much more to oh go. Oh, my gosh. You know? But, I know. I well, think, this was uh, great, bro. Yeah. Is there any other like sets that you can think of before we wrap this out that you feel like just like quick ones? Or? Bri briefly, just reality TV, man. I th I just want to say like as it's much not real. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> I was gonna literally say. So I love the direction of reality TV. We'll call it now. Yeah. It, it is more like the docu series. Yeah. I love that. Right. Yeah. Formula One. Uh, if you've seen that, like my friend got me. I'm like, I don't care about racing. You watch it and you start caring about racing because it's like the story yeah. weaves the brings you into it okay so like that's different but reality tv it's contrived and it feels contrived and when mm -hmm. you're on that set it's called producer beats right and you're like hey let wait pause everybody let's get them over here and like so it's forced right and it's uh you know it's 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 interesting but it has its place too right, right? there there are a lot of people that enjoy that content i'm not gonna lie i get sucked yep. in with my wife we watch a lot of reality say it, say it. What, what do you watch Say well it. she was making me watch the bachelor uh, for a while bing, 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 bing. we haven't watched in a while thank the lord but we uh we do watch like that 90 day fiance uh married oh, at first sight love is blind bro Dude. she she gets on that and we will crush the whole you know series so i will say you know it's it's You're interesting <laughs> uh, bro it's my brain is mush but it is uh, there is an interesting value to be learned from those totally. types of things where 
they are starting to uh, try to mix in cinematography and storytelling, but it's all these producer beats yeah. and contrived moments, right. right? And so, you know, my limited experience on, I did reality, but it was more of a docu style, so I can't speak to these the really staged, right? Um, but it is a mixture of what I've done is a mixture of documentary. And if you recap, that, that's right, been where my experience too, where it, there is an element of the reality of it. Right. You know what I mean? But, and it almost feels documentarian in nature, but it's like stuff, stuff that has been staged and set up mm. for a specific real moment to be captured. Right. right. And because of the budgets usually and the speed on it, it feels forced, it feels rushed, and it's usually not, you don't have the time to be cinematic. Right. And so, you know, works in like a really docu-series type feel, but if right. you're doing, yeah, then you just get these really It just depends on the structure looking. of the doc, yeah. man. There's yeah. so many different, or, or the reality television yeah. show, it just, yeah. lots so of So expectations range. on that, um, be be ready to be surprised that, oh, this is all fake. Yeah. If you don't already know that, real, lots of reality spoiler TV. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Reality isn't real. It's producer beat, it's driven, and it's, you know, there's a lot of setup yeah. um, moments, so... Man, I, I think uh, I think we've gone covered down. a high level view on all of them for sure. I want to dive deeper into some of these. We're gonna have to do a Let's breakout. Do yeah, episodes. we'll do a yeah, yeah. we'll do a pickup yeah. episode on some of these for sure, man. Awesome. Well, um, bro, thank you so much for all of the value that you provided on this set. That I really was just I forgot we were even doing a podcast for a second. I was just listening to your stories, but. Um, so yeah, thank you again for your time. But for our listeners out there. Do me a favor, if you can, uh, be sure to get connected with us on social media for sure at the Rough Cut Club. We want to stay in touch with you guys. Shoot us DMs, get involved in the comment section. We want to stay connected and actually have one-on-one conversations with y'all. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. We want to stay in touch. And then lastly, if you could leave a review uh, on whatever podcast platform you are listening to, that will help us continue to take this further than we currently have. So yeah, yeah, and it is always okay to ask what to wear. Always okay to <laughs> ask. I don't want to discourage that. I feel like you know it's a good question. It is a yes. good question. Yeah, but you know, dress for the job. So Joey and Shane, Mister What to Wear, Right Zammer. <laughs> Signing off on another episode of the Clothes. Wear clothes. Wear something. <laughs>